0: Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How are you? Very well, thank you. We got some big storm fronts rolling through, so pardon us if we, we at all have any disconnections or any sort of issues here. We are joined by our friends from over at Liminal Earth we've got bex garrett and jeremy joining us tonight welcome aboard everybody i am so happy to have you all sitting down with us how is everyone holding in there with the weather and just all the different things going on
1: try and (laughs) hang in there Ooh,
2: we're doing good we have a so we're having a bomb cyclone because we're all up here in the pacific northwest and so it's just this this massive gusts of wind. I was actually just out in my car trying to get a little extra charge in my phone because uh, our power is out at our house. And it's so windy that the car was shaking back and forth. Oh. And, like, we're just in Seattle. We're not out in the middle of, you know, the woods or anything like that. So it was very exciting. Wow. Yeah.
1: As you can see behind me, I'm in, like, I guess the eye of it, it's really calm where I'm at. I'm out in the woods. Oh my
3: goodness. Um, but it's gonna hit us tonight,
1: I think, is is the projection. So
3: <laughs> I hope you guys are gonna be safe. That's the important thing. Yeah. 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 I think be It's cold or anything yet,
1: so
2: yeah, except for Garrett, because he uh he has these balloons tethered to his house. And when <laughs> it doesn't blow just right, I mean it's just gonna drift off. It's gonna be like up. <laughs>
3: He end up in some remote location. Hello, Papao
0: <laughs> That's amazing Garrett you're gonna yeah you're gonna need the liminal earth map to navigate your way back home at yeah, <laughs> least you'll know what your local cryptids and hauntings are. That'll be a huge benefit out there, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So we have been Twitter friends and chatting back and forth. Bex, you and I have chatted for a while over on Instagram. But I thought we could use this great time of year as we're approaching Halloween and Samhain, everything like this. The veil's getting thinner. Everyone's getting into the spooky season. And we just... Uh, We're both chatting at the Pan Paracon event that happened at the start of October. The three of you gave a gorgeous, super informative presentation on, I just want to call it like high strangeness at large, different ways to investigate it, different ways to use herbs, landscapes, all kinds of um, really fascinating and I want to say not only diverse, but just you're kind of, you introduced me to a whole new way of looking at a singular spot of activity. And so I thought tonight we could talk about what is liminal earth, how it works as a, a mapping system. And I want to talk as we get towards the end of this more about technique and maybe give out some things that other investigators and folks that want to get practical with it can talk about some tips and tricks for them. So would you like to take it away and telling our audience, what is Liminal Earth? How could they use that?
4: Who wants to go first?
0: (laughs) Garrett, do you want to start us off?
4: Yeah. So like about, I don't know, three, three and a half years ago, Jeremy and I, um, kind of spontaneously the same time came up with this idea to map, um, the weird things in our lives. Like we were living in Seattle at the time and lots of things were changing there. And, uh, We had already been tracking, like, our dreams uh, for a couple years before that and, like, other odd occurrences and just looking for patterns amongst ourselves. And then we both came up with this idea to, like, start putting it on a map to, like, look at it in kind of like a uh, Lord of the Rings Tolkien kind of way. Um, Like, where are, like, the weird spots and, like, the uh, areas? Um, And we wanted... You know, not just like UFO and like, you know, those kinds of things, um, just like anything weird that had happened to us. And I was like, hey, I'm going to put this on Facebook and see if any of my friends, you know, want to add to it. And it just like exploded. Like all these people started like submitting their weird stories to us. Um, And it was kind of isolated to just Seattle at the time. But since then, we've opened it up to the whole world. So we accept now stories of anything kind of strange or unexpected anywhere in the world. And we try to map and track all of that. So it's not just like a UFO track or a Bigfoot thing. It's like anything in that, you know, whole spectrum is, can go on there. Um, So, yeah, we've been doing that for the last like three years. And um, we, we always want people to submit more stories. So we have more data that eventually we can like start looking for trends or like people in their own town can like go investigate and like know the weird places you know, or if you pass through a new place, you can you can go off the trail and go go check those spots out.
0: Oh, I yeah. absolutely love it. Did you want to add that at all, Jeremy? Um,
2: you know, it's just that it's um I wanna say it's it's cool because you know, coming circling back around to the, you know, it is like primarily paranormal because that's what most people consider weird or strange. But we also want to include amazing, um, or mm-hmm. just like notable stories. Like if if somebody if, it, if, if it's enhanced somebody's way that they see reality somehow or made them question it in some way, mm-hmm. like we want that. But if it's something like, um, you know, there's there's one that I, I love to circle back around to that somebody saw a ghost of a dog, but it was just the dog's legs, like <laughs> walking in and, you know, so something like that. Or like people say, um, you know, it was late at night and a deer walks down the street and it was just this profound moment like this real sort of, you know, intense moment for me. And so I just wanted to put it here and share that. And that's, so that's, you know, it doesn't just have to be like, I saw a ghost or I saw a UFO or I saw Bigfoot. Um, it could be, you know, really anything. Like people will put up their interesting dreams that they've had. Um, people will put up like stories from their personal mythologies. Um, it's just, it's a really fun way to sort of like, uh, look at what we call re-mythologizing the landscape. Um, you know, bringing myth back into the world around us.
0: Oh, I love that idea, re mythologizing the landscape. Um, and does that mean so? Was it uh, Garrett and Jeremy, you two, that started this out? And then, or was Bex there from the start? How did you all meet up interpersonally there? Mm-hmm.
1: So we met through a few mutual friends and we had been chatting back and forth. Um, I had been doing some strangeness research of my own on my peninsula here. Um, (laughs) I went like a really old school route and I put up flyers and have been talking to people in gas stations and things. And so um, I started to collect a lot of stories just on my peninsula alone. And I'm like, what do I do with these? You know, am I just an archivist or, you know, what am I going to do with this? And around that same time, They reached out and said, Hey, you know, we have permission to investigate this very notorious property in the Pacific Northwest. Do you want to come? (laughs) And and that's how it started. Uh, We did this investigation. It was the easiest, most natural feeling one I think I've ever been on. We just all clicked and it, it just everything seemed to fit right into place. And we've just been going on liminal adventures. And we often joke, like, you know, liminal earth. And Bex in the liminal there. It's just kind of an obvious <laughs> fit. Um, and so it's really interesting too, because now I can add my experiences and others on my peninsula to the map. I can then promote the map. And then I think us three combining our experiences, our expertises, um, yeah, it's a good fit. And I think the exciting part is what we're what we're planning on doing in the near future. So
3: Oh, oh, that's exciting i love it i love it so much and it's funny you're you're you know beck's in the liminal i actually thought that your name was because you were part of liminal earth so i'm glad <laughs> that, to know the difference it's cool i love it right <laughs>
0: It's pretty magical how people come around like that in the paranormal community. I'm so glad to hear about the wonderful cohesion and fit there, because I think Pagan and I really personally uh, echo that sort of thing, right? Like, we just came together mm-hmm. online, natural interests, and then, like, just the blink of an eye, we've just been together doing this stuff. So I'm so glad to hear about that awesome uh, coming together on your part. And it seems like you're saying, Bex, a great way to take all the research from what you were out there doing and plop it into that great mapping system. And that's something I'd love to encourage our audience to do is go to liminal.earth. Just type that into your browser and brings up the great map because right there's your submit button. And I think a lot of our people have some good stories to share, good experiences. Like you said, things that are just profound moments. Um, Pagan and I used to open our website up for submissions. And I'm so fascinated to see how you took that and like ran with it digitally because we were very overwhelmed at first with what do we do with Mm -hmm. people sharing these private things some were asking for help some were asking for validation and we looked at each other and went this is something way bigger than what we initially wanted to bite off so could you talk about the idea? I mean, I know you did briefly there. Um, but so if people want to get involved with working with liminal earth. Is there kind of something they should do aside from going and getting familiar with the site? Is there anything particular you guys would shout out to them?
2: Well, we're always happy to, to work with people and we have, um, we've had that sort of an ambassador program, um, for quite a while now. Um, some of the are are, you know, there's, there's, some personalities that you guys might have, uh, be familiar with, uh, Kiki Dombrowski and yes. uh, AP Strange, um, yeah. and you know, there's just a number of people who have like they're they're sort of official ambassadors. And the idea is that we like people to sort of take ownership of who who are interested in taking ownership of the area they live in because we can't go on to like every Facebook local group and say like, hey, have you seen anything weird? Check out our map. But if we could get one person from that group to like be that point person, um, then in that case, you know, we get a lot more submissions from that uh, that um that area. Um and then we have, you know, we have a Discord as well that um our ambassadors all chat on and um it's such an amazing group of people. Um we're really lucky in that regard. But we're always open to anybody who wants to to help out either that way or even just, you know, share the link in your local community group. You don't have to be like an official ambassador. Just say like, check this out. Like, look what's near us. You know, add some stuff.
0: That is so cool. That is absolutely awesome. We're going to be sharing that link around more with our folks to try and get them involved, trying (laughs) to plop down some of their stories. I'm looking here at my area of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and there aren't that many stories listed in here. We need the Pittsburgh gang to represent and get a couple more I was uh, poking around with those earlier, and I know some really good spots that we, uh, Pagan and I have just kind of recently covered in the last couple months. So we're going to have to get up there and add a couple ourselves, Pagan. What do you think about Mm -hmm. that?
3: I think that sounds great. I think we'll definitely have to do that. I need to go poke around and see what's out there for Clarksville, Tennessee area and see what's in there. Uh, I I haven't poked around yet, so I need to do that. I was listening to the podcast earlier today, so... I love it. <laughs> the other
2: thing I should probably mention is um, we're not interested in debunking anything. Like we're not, you know, just it doesn't matter how it sounds to you. If you're like, oh, I think this sounds like uh, impossible. Nobody's going to believe this. That's not us. Like we we don't like it's like for us, it's either true or it's not true already. Like we know that it is either true or not true. Like for us, what's important is how it it impacts the person who had the experience um and having a place where they can feel comfortable sharing that um regardless of whether or not it's like true um we're not we're not debunkers or into that uh and then the other thing that i think is really important to mention is that like we don't we don't put people's houses on the map yeah. so if you have had an experience in your house and you submit that address to us we're going to put that marker like in a nearby intersection or something like that we don't mm-hmm. want people going out to Like somebody's house, (laughs) or like um, you know, uh, into like a. We don't want to send people to Area 51 or (laughs) in a dangerous situation. So uh, people can submit things anonymously. That's fine. If you don't want to even tell us what street you're on, just tell us your town, and we'll just stick a marker right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we want this to be like a very sort of safe um, place for people to share things that they find amazing.
3: I love it. I love that so much. That's so great. And it's one of those things that that's really wise, considering how many individuals like to go out and are not very respectful of the places that they want to investigate. And that's something that we've talked a lot about on our show about the ethics of proper investigation. And we're trying to hopefully change the minds out there, but you know, it's hard to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's kind of where, um, just thinking off the top of my head about ethical investigations last night in our live, we were talking about a certain card that's in our Oracle deck that actually doesn't really exist in other Oracle decks that we know of. Um, so Jeremy, if you want to explain the the M word, um, I find that fascinating. I find that like a, uh, something that sets our Oracle deck apart and makes it, I don't know, makes investigating with it more ethical in my opinion.
2: That, that, um, at the, that we have a, a card built into our Oracle deck that, um, if you draw the card, it means you're immediately supposed to stop the reading um, and just pack it up and, and go. <laughs> yeah.
1: We can't say its name. <laughs>
0: oh, the M,
1: M card. <laughs> that's,
0: part, that's part of the card. Yeah.
1: the, part of the door. I love it.
0: That is really, really
2: oh, great. The experience we had at um, Olala with the at the at the Heights with
4: Starvation. Heights. Oh, yeah, we. that's how we met at Starvation Heights, like this notorious yeah. place. Yeah, we, we did a reading there with the deck and, and your deck too I think uh backs two different and the kind of the impression from the cards was like the house is done and we kept getting like silence cards and like uh kind of like it, it's been through so much over the years all these people vandalizing that house and um it just had no more to say it felt like um which was a really interesting reading like and it was the house is about to be torn down too it was kind of like the end of that whole uh, era of stuff, yeah,
1: right? For the folks listening who don't know, um, this is a rural sanatorium. Uh, this doctor in the late teens uh, operated in her method of healing with starvation. So, unfortunately, there was about forty victims, and we went in um, with permission by the the property owner. Um, investigated in the basement, we pulled cards, like Garrett was saying, and. And the messages we were getting, we, we were addressing, like, the genus loci and and kind of the spirit of place and maybe even the spirit of the house itself. And we're just asking, like, you know, you've been through all of this. How do you feel? You know, the owners have these plans. You know, how do you feel about it? And we personally feel that it was at peace with being torn down. It, it kept being cards like it's about time um, and taking, mm-hmm. taking abuse from others. Um, And then we also kind of honed in on the idea that, like, we did not want to talk about the doctor because in all of these news reportings, all of these um, publications, they only, only, only talk about the the doctor. So one of our biggest things were recognizing the victims and then going as so far as to recommend they plant, like, a memorial garden for the victims after they tear down the property. Um, So I really hope that they... (laughs) listened and would be happy to help him with that because that would be a fun project but um giving those victims a little bit of space and and not really discussing the darker part and and knowing that that house was actually at peace with was being torn down and uh yeah it was a weird first investigation but um, <laughs> super cool that we got to do it because it's so notorious in our area
2: yeah
3: I absolutely love that. I love that you guys went a different road than, you know, a lot of traditional investigators would have gone and been like, let's talk about the doctor. The doctor's the scary aspect of the story and let's talk about that. And instead you're like, No, you've had enough airtime. We're we're gonna talk to them now. And that's just really fascinating and amazing. Good job, guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> It is really to emphasize what Pegan said, a breath of fresh air because again, we we see so much to focus on the absolute negative. And you bring up the the term genie loci, and that is something that I admit I didn't really wasn't familiar with that term until probably I think pan Paracon. I think it was when you guys really brought it up. I want to say that was in that presentation. Um, but just the idea of working with a place as a whole. That's something a few of our guests have been bringing up for a couple months now is where we're looking at uh, activity or any kind of psychic uh, mediumship style investigating a place on feeling is speaking to the entity of place as a whole. And I kind of want to ask how Uh, That's worked in some of your investigative work, because I know uh, I think, Jeremy, you took lead on this. Pardon me if I'm I'm skewing anything, but I want to say that during the Pan Paracon gave a great lecture about the place, including the history of it, what its neighborhood is the plants that are there and beyond and you had some fancy words for that and if you could refresh my memory and, and tell our audience <laughs> about that a little bit i just was enamored by that oh thank you
2: yeah um so yeah i i uh, the approach that I, I i guess we could sort of officially call it um so it's liminal ecology is kind of one of the ways of looking at it so um <clears throat> my background is uh But one of my backgrounds, the the background that applies the most here is uh, in permaculture, which is landscape design, um, but it's like a holistic landscape design. So when you go in and you design, you know, a garden or something like that for someone, you're not just like plopping a garden in, you're observing the entire landscape over the course of a year ideally um you know in in practice it doesn't often happen that way um but then you're analyzing like every aspect of that so you would uh you know average temperature wind speed the slope uh sources of water you know the animals and wildlife that live in the area all of these things that could potentially have an impact on the way that the plants that you're introducing to that area um influence the area and um you start seeing the landscape as an ecosystem instead of just, you know, sort of a sterile garden say, or, you know, just a farm or something like that. It's like, so instead of designing a garden for someone, you're actually going in and you're designing um, like a bio system, like a full community. And the analysis that goes into that is really um, it's kind of rigorous and you go as far as like looking at like the geological age of the rocks underneath Um, because that can actually impact the soil quality, um, or, you know, the, the kinds of plants that live there and their relationships with the other plants that live there and animals as well. Um, that can influence things like food production. Um, anyhow, it's this sort of different way, um, inspired in a large part by indigenous thinking of how to interact with the landscape. And, in the course of my interest in like paranormal studies and occultism and all of that good stuff too um it strikes me that that is an interesting lens to which through which we can view paranormal investigation. so you know the typical investigation let's say your haunted house you go into the haunted house you are an investigator you go in with all your equipment you spend maybe eight hours there, um you do your investigation, then you go back and you review your evidence and and that's pretty much it um, What I was proposing in that that presentation was sort of this permaculture way of of investigating instead, where um you would actually spend as much time as you could investigating every aspect of it because you know we like to think of these occurrences as these singular things that happen, but More and more that we look into it, the more and more you have people like, um, you know, John Keel and the the high weirdness uh, aspect side of things. Most a lot of the time we're finding that these events don't occur in a vacuum. It's not just like one event that happens and you go in and you spend a couple hours and you're like, well, I've done my investigation. Um, You can learn way more about it. Any paranormal event um, based on this sort of idea by including things like what plants are growing nearby what's the folklore of those plants uh we're big on on plants here at at liminal earth (laughs) (laughs) um but also you know what is the average temperature what's the slope what's the ground slope um you know if there are objects moving like measuring the slope can really you know give you some Mm -hmm. clues as why that might be um the the geology of the place like are is there limestone underneath, which has been known to be associated with some paranormal experiences? Um, are there nearby cave systems or caverns? Um, you know, are there indigenous... Definitely always honoring and respecting the indigenous people that have already been communing with with that land and, and living with that land for way longer than us white folk. Um, and uh, so just sort of taking a more holistic view of investigation. Um we're putting probably going to end up putting together a little thing on it but <laughs> there's like a whole bunch of different ways that you can sort of look at um paranormal sites as as ecologies as opposed to just like a ghost lives here you know mm-hmm. if that makes sense
3: That makes perfect sense and you can also look at it from almost a psychological standpoint where you know you're not just going in and saying okay today you feel bad but How many other times are you feeling bad in this occurrence? Is this the same thing? Did something bring this on? And it's one of those things that you can't figure that out in like, you know, a couple hours or even a single night. You need lots of time to kind of get to know them and say, okay, there's this reason why this is happening. So I Mm -hmm. absolutely love that you're also incorporating the landscape around these areas because I don't really know of anybody else that does that. So that's really cool. And yeah, I'm all about holistic gardening and growing things and introducing <laughs> native species back into, you know, places. So good job. I love it.
4: <laughs> good to you know, to you. We, we recently went to this uh, place, the Walker Ames Mansion and mm-hmm. up in um, Port Gamble, a little bit north of me and. Uh, It's like the most haunted house in all of Washington. And we found like all these plants there. Like there was weird like ferns growing in the basement. And uh, this like uh, Kenilworth ivy, which has this folklore around hex um, protection. And then outside, while we're waiting for it to like get dark, we found this, uh, what was that thing called? The um, Something elm. It's uh,
1: uh, elm.
2: Like witch elm is what the... You know, but W Y C H. Yeah,
4: they we were like, "What's this tree?" And they like we like, parted the way, and it was like this cathedral of all this gnarled uh, like branches, and it was it was amazing. We're just like, "What is this?" You know, we're just waiting uh, out there. We were doing this electric acupuncture stuff on the uh, on the nodes of the branches, so like just doing some weird investigation out there. But we looked into the folklore of that tree, and it has to do with like the fa- the f- so like elves or something that, uh, protect, uh, burial mounds. Wow. So it has all this, I was just like, no one else is like, I'm sure has ever investigated this weird stuff that we, this plant stuff, you know, it's like a, kind of a new extra thing that, um, we can tack on to all the other kind of investigation we're doing, you know? So
3: that's incredible. If interesting,
2: if I just want to add one last thing is that, um, we, we looked this folklore up um, and found that you know this plant was this, this tree is associated with elves that guard burial mounds. And we were like, oh, that's really cool and interesting given the area. And then at the end of the night, we waited, um, so the, the manager of the house, we waited until the end of the night to have him tell us you know, the, what was going on there and the history behind it and stuff so that we wouldn't be inadvertently influenced by the stories there. Um, but it turns out that tree was right next to the site of the former hospital. Um, and, you know, potentially like the, the morgue where they did their operations, like that tree was right there. Like, and so, you know, wow. that's, that's significant how it's significant. That's what, that's what we're asking. Those are the, those are the questions we still have. Like we haven't They're settled
3: on. incredible, up. guys. <laughs> wow. We had some
1: responses that kind of matched up with that on the Estes method, but I don't know how much we want to say. So we haven't had yeah. approval to post yet. Um oh. manager... <laughs> He's very protective of what people uh, say about the house, mm-hmm. um, so we're waiting to hear approval. But the Estes method in the basement, really. I'm listening right towards the end. Um, the being that was coming through me, and he kept mentioning cemetery, seeing nothing but black, and other things that have to do with hospitals. So, <laughs> wow. <all>
0: <laughs> I mean, this is this is exactly why we had to have you on the show was to talk yes. about this. And again, I want to just emphasize how unique. and uh, I feel like you're changing the dynamic out there. And we're seeing we're seeing a lot of great folks bring this to the table, which is a I think a breath of fresh air. People are looking at the paranormal, and I want to use that in quotes, just trying to encapsulate strange and high weirdness at large. But when we're looking at the paranormal, I love this holistic view. I love this liminal ecology view. It's such a smart way because nothing exists in a vacuum. And I am so excited to see where liminal Earth goes and improves and grows because, I mean, that's Pagan. I think what brought us together was we didn't Mm -hmm. want to just look at a ghost story or a ufo story or a bigfoot story we wanted to hear how people uh, were experiencing and overlapping in their investigations i mean i think most of us here at this table are all in the idea that uh, we recognize that these bigfoot sightings or whatever it might be Uh, often overlap with other type of sightings like the old question of is Bigfoot a fae is a fae UFOs they demonstrate these (laughs) similar qualities but if you choose to only validate your own expectations I feel like you're gonna get a lot of that like you were saying you don't want to ask what to expect until after your investigation because it's probably going to color that a bit I love that approach to it and I'm so glad you elaborated
3: Yeah, that's stunningly amazing. I love it, guys. I absolutely love it.
0: I think uh,
4: also, like, I don't know if we... I I think plants are really weird. And I think uh, I'm new to the plant stuff, and these two are, like, experts in it. But, like, the more I've... Like, my mom was like worked in nurseries, and she always made me water her plants. So plants, to me, were always, like, something annoying. But slowly, uh, you know, with Jeremy and Bex's influence, I've been, like, more, like getting into this and weird stuff happens, even just with plants. And like, I, I had this dream once that uh, there was a lawn computer in my yard Whoa. And, and it makes me think, I, I started getting really into like, how can I tap into that computer? How can I tap, tap into that lawn computer of my little area of land that I, I live on? And I tried to do this like meditation thing before bed where I went underground and want to like communicate with the plants in my yard. And I actually fell asleep, and I had this dream that this little man was, like, really excited that I could see him. And he was uh, – he, like, opened these, like, saloon doors to his nursery in, in my, our yard and was, like, showing me around and picking up plants and, like, couldn't talk to me, but was, like, you know, like, trying to, like, communicate with me. And, I I mean, it blew my mind when I woke up. Like, like I did I hack into my lawn computer? Like, did I, like – reach out to this, like, little entity or, like, the spirit of this, you know, yard. So I think, like, it may sound just like, you know, growing corn in your backyard or whatever, like sunflowers, but I think there's more to it. I think you can actually reach out and, like, maybe it, it will communicate with you. So anyway, it's, yeah, just something that I get excited <laughs> about now. But I for a long time, it wasn't, like, I kind of avoided it because I had this history growing up with my my mom. So.
3: I, Kyle has heard all the stories of the summer with my garden and my herbs. My, I, I have a sage plant that's four and a half feet tall, which is yeah. really huge. And it kind of astonished me because I'm like, you're not supposed to get this big. I don't know what's going on, but I would go out there and talk to it every day. So, yeah, there's something wild and crazy that happens when you connect with your plants because they will do really crazy things. Like my tomatoes ended up being nine feet tall just because I was talking to them and communicating with them being I mean, like, good job, you're doing great, keep growing. <laughs> and so I, I I, love your connection dream thing that happened. Uh, now I kind of want to go experiment and try it myself.
4: <laughs> I, I think there's something there, yeah. And I think Jeremy talks about, about uh, plant awareness too, just like, and I think this is also just part of this liminal, liminal way of looking at th- our liminal way of looking at things is that, you know, if you, there may, a uh, pl- plant awareness, like there, you may not realize at first that something obvious, it just looks like if you, um, don't know a lot about plants, you might look like a, a green belt and just see all of this green and not, it's just looks like a green blob. And then, but if you start to like, look at each of the plants and learn about them and all their, uh, you know, their uses and their and how to identify them, it becomes like this, you see all the different things that are there, you see how they all work together. And it just becomes it comes into focus, finally. Um, and so like this approach to like how to investigate a place, you know, you, if you do your research on all these different elements, you, you, you get a bigger picture. Um, anyway,
0: I'm yeah. <laughs> so glad you said it that way, because we just had our good friend Tenny on. Uh, I think it was just the two weeks prior or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Tenny was bringing up a conversation about kind of borderlining on the idea of it's it's human hubris to think like we don't exist within our environment. So like the, we as humans think that we just walk through life and everything is surrounding us. It's just at our will. But I mean, as as a planet, everything is this one large ecosystem. So when we go to look at phenomena of any kind, that is such a great tool. And I'm so glad to see you all highlighting the people getting into it. I'd actually love, and I'm, I'm sorry to throw this question at you, but any maybe reference or resources that anyone would like to shout out for... Um, book guides or anything like that for for folks that might want to get started in that because i'm asking a little selfishly for myself here i'd love to start um not just seeing the green blob but to start to see beyond that so is there anything anyone wants to shout out recommendation wise
1: um i would do first and foremost uh regional and even state specific field guides Um, you can do just medicinal, you can do, uh, witchcraft ones, you can do Mm. plants and fungi. Um, there's a lot and I've seen them for almost every state. And so snag you one of those. Um, and then Jeremy also has a book as well. I don't know if that's available. If you want to speak on that, Jeremy. Yeah, that's more,
2: well, that's more of my, the culinary side of things. So I teach, um, foraging classes, like wild edible classes,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: Primarily plants. I'm just now getting into mushrooms, but like Bex is our mushroom expert right now. Um, <clears throat> I hope to learn from her. And uh, yeah, so I put out a, a book called The Creative Forager, which is about how to use wild plants in the kitchen throughout the different seasons. Um, but that's less of an ID book and more of a like uh, philosophy of cooking kind of book. Um, but it is another way to think, like start thinking about, you know, thinking about things in a, in a different way. Um the what i would suggest um very strongly actually you know what i might have this i'll be right back yeah I'm please right
0: to- this is exactly <laughs> these answers are really spot on to what i want to hear cuz again i i well for our audience out there i only recently started working with herbs in a meaningful way to me in in a spiritual mm-hmm. and a witchcraft sense um cuz i'm the guy that came at it more from a tech angle so this is a new leg of the journey for me and to what jeremy was i think saying there looking into books that give you definitions and explain how you can utilize herbs spices and all of this in a culinary and witchcraft way it just takes it all to the next level i feel like i'm finding a homesteading vibe out of doing it
1: absolutely i think too uh something that i spoke about at paracon um pan paracon excuse me was um creating your own correspondences so one problem that i had a lot I would find my regional foraging book and I I would learn the plants, Um, but I didn't have any magical correspondences. And so I sat and was like, how do these, you know, get creative? Um, Found out that the process was as simple as, you know, channeling, getting to know. And then I used Jeremy's liminal ecology methods and what do you know? You uh, you can come up with magical correspondences to the plants around you, just studying uh, what their place is in the landscape, maybe what medicinal, folkloric value they have, um, and then how they affect you personally. Um, so there's a lot of plants that I went over uh, that are in my locale, uh, but we really encourage folks who do practice magic to go out, get to know those plants, and then create your own correspondences based on how they interact with you and, and their landscape. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so awesome.
2: So this is the book. Um I can't recommend it highly enough, especially for people just getting into plant ID. Um it's called Botany in a Day. I don't know if you can see it. Ooh. the author is L and I'll leave it up for just a second in case people can, we we'll
0: we can send you a link around to it and stuff yeah. like that too. Could you repeat the author's name it cut out for that? Sorry, Jeremy.
2: Yeah. So the uh, the author is Thomas J. L. Pell and his last name is spelled E L P E L. And what this does is this breaks down all of the plant families <gasps> by that they have. So, you know, plants come in families. Um, and the more you learn about the families of plants, the more you learn about the way that they can interact with each other. Um, in, in, like, foraging, like, when, when you're looking at cuisine, for example, um, you know that plants in similar families are going to have similar flavor profiles. So if you have um, two plants from, like, say, so the Eric Casey family, the blueberry family, right, um, the, you know that berries are going to have that same sort of blueberry quality to them <laughs> that you're getting from, um, and can be used in a similar way. Um, you also know, like, sort of what families, like, plant families get along with each other and what don't. Um, and once you can ident- start identifying a plant's family, even if you don't know what that plant is, you'll be able to tell by its family, where in the field guide to find it. <laughs> like, oh, this is from the 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 pea family, like the peas and beans and legume family. Um, now I can go to that section of the field guide and I'll be much more likely to find
3: that plant. And that's so uh, awesome.
2: Yeah, so that's a really good one. And then the other one, I don't have my big one, um, but these are expensive, but worth every penny. Um, so the author, his last name is Moerman. It's Daniel Moerman, M O E R M A N. Um, this is just one of them, but he's an ethnobotanist, um, who's worked with tribes so Native American medicinal plants. Um, he also has one on edible plants and the one that I can't find, which is huge, which is on all ethnobotanical uses. So it's not just food and medicine. It's also spiritual uses. Um, it's things like, um, You could look up a plant and find out like, oh, the native um, people in this area used to make toys out of it. They used to play a game with it or baskets or, you know, this is they would use this to make clothes. And he's worked with the tribes. um, So it's not, you know, this is a a nice series that's not appropriative. It's not like you're not going to go in here and hear about spirit animals or medicine wheels or, you know, anything like that. Actually, really, you look up the plant. Here's how it was used by people. Um, and it's done very really respectfully. So that's another amazing resource when you're getting into plants and plant uses is indigenous lore.
3: You know, it's really funny. I have all those on my Amazon wish list, and oh. I haven't bought them yet. Do you? <laughs> Here's, Here's your sign. sign. Here's my sign. I need to buy
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> that's our, yeah, when you buy a gift for yourself.
3: Yes. I might have to do that in two days. so I might have to do that for a birthday gift
0: oh yeah. that's right Meg, saw birthday. Birthday for that. <laughs> that those are just beautiful recommendations jeremy i'm so glad you brought those out to show us here because i i have shared those links out with our our chat um those are just phenomenal and exactly what i was looking for too and just my asking that question I'm wondering if we can talk a bit, too, about the dream work that's been going on um, with Liminal Earth, because I've watched some of the TikToks with it, with the park. And I want to kind of dive into that because, Garrett, with the idea that you're speaking to some man and the lawn computer, I think that's a beautiful segue to talk about. Just introduce us to to the dream works that you've been up to. All
4: right. Well, um, yeah, so I live in a small town um, in Washington called Bremerton, and I moved here about three years ago, right when we were starting the map. And uh, I found out after I moved in that there's this park kind of near my kind of in my backyard, um, but that it's been abandoned for 15 years. So it's all gated off, and it's like a kids' park, and it's really small. And I was like, "What?" I got real excited, like, and it was really overgrown, um, and like secret garden or something. Um, and I asked one of my neighbors about it, and they said that they had seen um, raccoons go down the slide. So I was like, I was like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta go to this park. So I actually got a trail cam. And I've been, like, filming, trying to capture these raccoons in the park. So I've just been really, like, fascinated all about it. I've been, like, how did this park become, like, abandoned? Uh, I found out how it was turned into a park, and it was actually donated by this spiritualist church um, to the city of Bremerton. And this church used to, like, um, commune with the dead and do like, all kinds of clairvoyant stuff. And so it's, like, it's already a weird park. Um, and... Then I just got this idea, uh, you know, I've had some experiences that don't make any sense to me. I, we're all into dreams, I think, pretty heavily. Um, but I've had some dreams where I've shared a dream with someone. Like I woke up um, and the next day and my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, this was like 20 years ago, she was talking to me and like gesturing with her hands. And I said, uh, wait a second, she was telling me a story. I was like, you uh, the way you're moving your hands, it reminds me of this dream I had last night. I was at a Ren fair and I found uh, this booth with, with some harps. And I sat down, and I started playing. And she's like, and each hand was playing a different song at the same time? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, really, really good, even though it was my first time playing. And she had those same details in her dream. Uh, all those things were exactly the same. And I was like, how did, how could that be even possible? Like, how do we have a shared the same dream elements. So I've always been fascinated by it because it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I had this idea with the park. I was like, what if we like tried to have a shared dream? Like what if we tried to make that a possibility? So I made this kind of silly TikTok where I made it into a game and I took a box and I put an object in the box that I didn't reveal what it was. And I said, let's all try to meet in this park in our dreams you know and I was dressed up as like a sh- giant shrimp man I said I'll be here in the in the waiting room just waiting here so if you come to the park you might see me in your dreams and uh, find the box and open it up and tell me what what's inside and so it's it's our biggest uh, TikTok video it's like 700,000 views or something and like thousands of people have said they've tried this people have said they've seen me there in the park um Lots of people found things in this box. They found the park, they found the box. What one of the weirdest things about it is that um a lot of people saw the same thing but not what I put in there. And it wasn't like a ball or something. It was like a lot of people saw a toy giraffe um, which I just think is weird that like multiple people saw the same not you know same thing that wasn't what I put there. So um we i had a couple of people who actually found like a, what i put in there uh, i think like 3 people um which was this little tile that i found on the beach with the letter v on it so a lot of people said that they saw found a block with a letter on it or a tile with a letter so um yeah it was just a weird experiment i wanted to do more of that kind of thing and and have more um you know dream, these dream experiments because i think it's it just doesn't make I can't explain it otherwise. And I think there's a lot more to dreams than that we know. So that's the gist of it. (laughs) I've been doing, we've been doing lots of TikTok dream games, I guess.
0: I love that. Um, Pagan and I had tried to do a little bit of um, we were getting some people geared up to do some psychical experiments in out of body Mm -hmm. gather. So I I know that we're that's I think what put you on my radar initially is when Pagan and I were talking about this people like you need to check out liminal earth, see what they're up to with the dream park. Um, we're kind of getting close to the top of our hour here and, and, and putting a a cut in for our main episode today. I also want to be mindful of Jeremy being on the phone there with a a battery limit, but I would love so far. So so good. (laughs) What I would love to do is, um, when we get ready to close this one out, we could sit down for a couple extra minutes and talk, uh, a little bit about our upcoming seance. I want to make sure people know, and that they can get in there and attend that's going to be on Twitch this upcoming Saturday. That is the 30th of October. We are going to be right on the thinning of the veil part. This is going to be really, really fun. But we can plan some things that we might want to try in this virtual seance. So twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. I think we're all set up to go at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we'll have lots of links for people to do that with the show notes and everything. But I want to give you time at the end of this main episode to shout out some things, we're going to record that bonus. So for our listeners out there, make sure you got access to the bonus feed. But what all would you guys like to share out? We got Liminal Earth is where they should head to. um I see some tea press sort of stuff going on there. What should people know about?
1: You
2: talk about. Uh, let's talk about Thirteen Liminal Nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna talk real quick, if we can, please.
4: uh so some- you, you go. You
2: Oh, yeah, or Bex. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> so 13 Liminal Nights is kind of our spooky version of the 12 Nights of Christmas. Um, Halloween only lasts one night. We want to make it 13 nights. So starting tomorrow, the 25th, each day has a fun theme um, inspired by one of our Oracle cards. And uh, so tomorrow's All Explorers Day, and we are requesting that folks find a liminal space to gather into, set an intention, ask a question, and over the course of these thirteen nights, um hopefully your question gets answered and you uh learn more about yourself and your landscape and the process
3: and much more.
2: <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, cool. like spirit week but but weirder.
3: Spirit yes. week but weirder. I love it. Yeah. See I, I was never big in the spirit week in high school and all that, but you know, weird spirit week I would totally be down with <laughs>
4: Right, like there's a day to like make pickles or like fermented food, or there's like uh, going to learn about a plant day, or like doing your taxes, or you know, there's a bunch of weird. That's not really selling it, but like you know, there's like a day for like all these different activities. Some of them are divinatory, um, and some of them are kind of like spooky. uh, So. I think it'll be fun. It's like they're all like kind of like a. it's like a long 13 day ritual, but they are all, all these activities each day that you're supposed to try to do. So
3: very cool. Please very not cool. Follow
2: us, um, definitely follow us on, you know, on social media um, and, you know, play along. Um, you know, we're at Liminal Earth on pretty much everything. Um, Twitter, we're really active. TikTok, we're active. Instagram, thanks to Bex, we're finally getting really active on more. <laughs> Um, but definitely, you know, we don't do too much on Facebook, but uh yeah. Twitter, TikTok, insta insta. Did insta. I miss any-
0: <laughs> I love it. I love all that. Get in there, folks. Follow. We will have links to these. And I would love to talk about, just for a brief second, the Oracle deck. The one you've been mentioning is available for sale, is it not? Am I right? Because I'm looking at one on your site that I really want to (laughs) buy. I want to tell us a little bit about that. So this is the Oracle of the
2: Hypogeum. um, And it's essentially intended to be an Oracle deck that... um, So there's, there's this ancient civilization, the ancient Quatrian civilization that we uh we're inspired by. Um, the oracle symbols are like very, sort of very simple basic symbols, you know, like this mountain and animal and um but then there's other things like from sort of the Quatrian mythology, uh mythos- myth-, myth cycle as well in there, um, that can influence the the reading. And it's just it's we we wanted a way to um, discuss like to have a common symbol set that we could use. Um that we could share that could give insight um that had sort of a built-in um reference system for people who want to explore re-mythologizing the landscape um and also it was a way that we could talk about things um without inadvertently being appropriative um which you know we is it's it's very important to us um that, that we are Um, being respectful of, of other ways and other traditions as much as possible. So, um, we developed this Oracle deck and yeah, it's for sale on our website. Um, and you know, we've, we've had a lot of great experiences with it. It works, it works out in the field. Um, we've had people do readings for other people on Twitter and, and a few other places and yeah, it's, it's a fun deck. So if you are into Oracle decks, like definitely check it out. (laughs)
0: i am too into oracle decks i'm gonna get myself one of these this is this is happening I'm, i'm literally gonna grab that so everyone out there please 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 go give big 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 follows to our friends over at liminal earth like i said we will have All the links for you, especially up on revelatornetwork.com, we'll have a big blog post. You can see the YouTube video that we recorded tonight. You'll be able to uh, grab Spotify and iTunes links to the audio version, and we're going to go and sit down in a minute, record this bonus episode for folks that can hear what the seance is going to be about. We're just going to... Just chit-chat, shoot the shit, and plan that together. And I cannot wait for that to take place. That will be this Saturday, October 30th. Go give our friends at Liminal Earth lots and lots of love. And thank you all for joining us here this evening. We will catch up with everyone very, very soon. And stay tuned for that bonus episode. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.
2: Thank you.